my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm your host, Will Meldman, here as always with the fabulous Barack O'Hearn. How you same, feeling? Same place, different day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are here today with actor-comedian Taylor Williamson. How are you, Taylor? I'm great. How are you today? Man, it's, it's, uh, it's going <laughs> great, actually. We're, yeah. we're experiencing a little bit of a storm here in uh, oh, no, what Southern California. What all the rain and all that going on. It's oh, been no. crazy, <laughs> man. Like, I feel like houses around here aren't built for it, and it's like flooding and all this, you know? I was, pretty bad. I was trapped at the airport in San Francisco for... It took me 14 hours to get from San Francisco to my home in Los Angeles. 14? Oh, yeah, I'm adding in... Uh, Sunday, oh, yeah, wow. because of all this nonsense. I was yeah. pretending to not know what it was. It was yeah, no, I, was, I know you were. Yeah, <laughs> I was okay, being I, a silly goose, it. and I, it's affected my life. And uh, I was working in San Francisco, and I'm never fly. I, I hate flying, so like I'd rather drive for six hours than fly for an hour. But yep. but uh, I was opening for Mark Marin, and like his people were paying for the flight, and they offered to fly me out of Burbank. I'm like, oh, fancy, you know what? Ooh. I'll take the Burbank Airport flight, and. Uh, it took me literally five minutes to get from parking my car at the airport to my terminal, Burbank Airport, like so fast, like on yeah, the way yeah. there. Oh, like, yeah. This is amazing, yeah, you know? Yeah. And on the way back, uh, the flight got delayed. I'm like, okay, we're going to be okay. And then it became one of those things like, try to get on this flight, try to get on this flight, cancel this airline, go on the other, going around the whole airport, whole thing. Uh, they say we're not, they don't know what to do. I go to the Delta Lounge, try to do the kind of VIP kind Chill of thing, you there. know, but like talk to the people there because usually a little bit more helpful. And I'm also on the text app customer service. I'm on the phone. <laughs> customer Dude, service. That, I'm like, trying every blown. angle, different airlines. And I finally get a flight back to LAX. I'm like, so you're kid- are you kidding me? So I <laughs> go to LAX and then this is like all first world problems, obviously. And then, uh, 
and then uh, Uber is one hundred forty dollars because Uber Uber is a wonder wonderful company. Oh, life is hard. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. let's let's charge <laughs> more money, you know. <laughs> so Uber to Burbank, and then it's a whole thing. But Jeez. here I am with all of you. <laughs> well, we I are am. very glad you made it for sure. Yeah, me too. I mean, I flew home Sunday also, and I kind of had the same thing. I was in Jackson Hole. Yeah, didn't snow the entire time until the last day, and then we got like. By the time, from my time I woke up to the time I got to the airport, which was like, I don't know, like 6 a.m. to 11, uh, there was like two feet of snow. A storm came out of nowhere. And then you were dealing with all the stuff in L.A. on top of that. So that flight got delayed. Every flight in Jacksonville got delayed. Some of them didn't make it out. Um, or they were sitting on the tarmac for hours and hours and hours. But that flight that I was on to, to LAX got delayed till 9-something p.m., and it was like an 11 o'clock flight, 11 yeah. in the like morning flight. Literally all day. All day. And so we, me and my buddy were flying the same place. Um, and everyone else went other places and kind of got out. And some people got stuck other places and everything. But we decided to get out, just try to get out of Jackson Hole. Because if there's a high chance we're going to get stuck. Ended up flying to Salt Lake. Luckily found another flight, but to Long Beach. Oh, no. And then I had to Uber back from Long Beach back home. But it, but I didn't get home till I don't know, like midnight or one or something like that. Yeah, pretty, and pretty like, late. thank God you did, right? Yeah, because we had a podcast first thing in the morning pretty <laughs> Dude, much. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yeah, this weather has really been obstructing travel everywhere. So you're trying to say that your story is just better than mine. Is that, <laughs> no, that's is that what you're trying to say? Is that what you're trying to say? You couldn't have, you couldn't have, I'm the guest. I'm the guest. <laughs> this is very disrespectful. Like, I'm, saying, I'm, I, I'm relating to you. No, no, no. You're supposed to let yeah, the guest, yeah, yeah. you should have like, you should have minimized your story for this episode. And it's true. Like, oh, wow. I'm sorry you went through that. I've never experienced anything like that. Wow. It must've been tough. Brock, two hours away. <laughs> two hours away. Yeah. No, but it, it honestly, like the travel thing was funny. I, Burbank got, did it get closed down or something? Like everything was just crazy out here. What I heard yeah. is they were they could land at LAX but not Burbank. That's what I heard. Is that right? I don't know. I just I got my car at Burbank. I don't know what's going on. I didn't go yeah. inside. Didn't I? I don't care. I'm every man for himself kind of thing. Just, disaster. Yeah. I, I didn't go in. Is everyone else okay? I don't care. I don't care. It's about me, you know. Yeah. We, we had everything happen. Then we got on the. I'm not, listen, I'm trying to take back my story, but so uh, we got on the plane and then we get off the thing. We're moving. And then uh, they're like, "Oh, we have to go back because someone wants to get off the plane." So we had to get 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 off again, and then ah. uh, we get back on. And then they're like, "Oh, we can't move because something is stuck." So we have to wait like an hour, fifteen minutes. Anyways, we had some extra variables. Oh. Okay? Yeah, how, I don't know how you boarding and deboarding. Okay? Is everything okay? Are you okay? No, actually, <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. It's not. But thank you. Well, for we're asking. here for you if you need anything. Thank okay. you. Likewise, thank you. I do care <laughs> about other people, by the way. The what? I feel bad. I said I don't care about others. Oh no! There's, do I seem like I care about others? You very much do. Do I really? I personally, honestly, personally, 100%. I don't feel. I don't really feel like you care about me. But <laughs> I, other, than I, that, other than you, do you feel like I care about other people? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Okay, <laughs> you're confusing because you look like you look like you would have beat me up in high school, but then you look you're very nice though. I got beat up in high school. Is that what created this this uh, large manliness upon yourself? Uh, or did it, you have it I think before? it played a factor. No. Or did you get beat up by really big people? Is that what happened? <laughs> yes. Is that true? Yeah. So you were like, you were a strong man in high school and then like no. really big people beat you up. No, I was, I was tall, but I was very, very skinny. Oh, okay, so you did the yeah. thing where see, I thought about doing yeah. what you did. So like, I was, like, I was skinny, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to get muscles. And then I was like, ah, oh, that's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. <laughs> I got, it I was took, a lot of work. I took weight training in high school and got a C. Oh, really? Yeah. One of my one of my favorite jokes of yours that I think it was either America's Got Talent or your comedy store special that I was watching, where it was like, yeah, COVID, you know, the gyms were closed for, uh, you know, 
two years or whatever, and then you're like, so I haven't worked out in 36 years. Oh, thanks, <laughs> man. Like, I love that one. <laughs> oh, I, I butchered it. That's no, terrible. I love it. But, Thank you. No, that's was, so sweet of you. Thank you for taking a look at that. No, I was laughing. Yeah, the gym, I don't know. It's like, I feel like you should get... I think you should, I, I, I didn't come up with this, is not like the most original thought, but I think if you pay to go to the gym and you buy lettuce, you should get nutrients and you should get muscles out of it. Yeah, just the membership just, itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I have like all these vegetables in the fridge that don't go, like, that don't get eaten, but like, <laughs> like I buy them. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. You did half the work. Thank you. Yeah. And Thank if you get you. like four memberships, you should just be walking around with a six pack all the time. Thank you. Yeah. And they say nutrition, by the way, is like eighty percent of a good diet, a good a good body, healthy body, right? Definitely. So, big, what percentage is like just buying the groceries? I mean, uh. you get some exercise, <laughs> Brian, unless you're doing Instacart or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh. Would you do? You, do you eat non organic food? I'm sorry, I'm talking about him. Like he's <laughs> like he's just wearing a short sleeve shirt. I'm sure you're a very buff man. No, no, <laughs> I'm not buff. No. I'm like I'm like the middle ground, you know. Just what am I then? Floating in the middle. Am I in the middle? Oh, yeah, we're, I think we're in the middle, right? <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Hey, you said it was. You said you had trouble coming up the hill, but you made it up the hill. Wow, that's good. Yeah. They live on a big hill, and I parked not <laughs> close enough. I didn't park at the top of the hill. I parked at the, towards the bottom. Anyways, this is. It's all the exercise adding up. Thank you. I love this is positive. This is a positivity yeah. podcast. I like that. Yeah. Big time. Imagine you just came in here and we're just like <laughs> rolling. Like, I'm like, you piece of. Oh my God. That'd yeah. be kind of fun, actually. What is it like yeah. those, those restaurants where they treat you like crap? Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. I wouldn't actively want to go into one of those. What are those? There's a restaurant where the servers are actually terrible to you. Really? They just treat you like crap. Yeah. That's like a thing. It's a thing. People go there. And I think you'll I the funniest ones are when you bring a friend who doesn't know and they're. They're just like, what the hell? Like, the squatter's treating me like shit. I don't need that in my life. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get vulgar, but there's like adult movies that are on the internet. And you think, oh, this is a nice adult movie. Then the person starts yelling at you, saying terrible things. Like, what? The-? There's a whole people love that. Right. People enjoy being like belittled and told they're like less than. I think it's a lot of like successful people too. Like, p- like p- powerful people enjoy yeah. being like, like cucked, you know? Yeah, like the submissive, the whole submissive thing. Like, yeah. But it's like more than just submissive. It's just like like degraded, you like know? Like aggressively. Yeah, aggressively part. like you're a trash. So like yeah. you're into that? <laughs> yeah, no. no. The three I'm not that successful, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Respect, yeah. No, actually I did a, a movie with this woman and she played a dominatrix. So she actually did all of this character research and she started telling me like, she's like a lot of these people don't even go all the way they just like to be treated like crap the whole time. Yeah, like humiliated. Like, kind of the only humiliated and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, to each their own, you know. But like, interesting psychology, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, you know, is that what you, is that what you're into? <laughs> I like to be respected. I like to be like I like polite kindness. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that, my, that makes sense. <laughs> compliments. <laughs> we're, on, we're on the normal spectrum. <laughs> Wait, you you played Hulk Hogan on television? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me everything about that? Dude, it was freaking amazing. Um, yeah, it was for Young Rock on, on NBC, and they were casting. They couldn't find anyone who was big enough that could also play Hulk, and um, luckily I got the call, and it was some big shoes to, to step into. But, man, I learned a lot about wrestling, a lot about Hulk. You know, Terry, crazy intelligent guy, and just – fun all around it's cool being on set and seeing all these characters you know uh people representing characters like the rock and um andre the giant and like all, all these dudes and you're jesse just, ventura you know, yeah <laughs> but um 
It was surreal. It was a very, like, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but it was just something that um, I'm never going to take for granted. And, and what a cool thing to be a part of. I, I don't know. Did you get to meet Hulk Hogan? No, no, yeah. You should go meet him. What are you doing? I'm going to eventually. Yeah. Yeah, but will, what are you, what are you waiting you. for? Um, that's a good question. You I only have like in Florida, and I'm, I haven't been over there yet. But you play Hulk Hogan. You only have like six years, and but tell it's weird when you're like in like seven years, you can't be like, "Hey, Hulk, I played you seven <laughs> years ago." He's like, "What?" But within yeah. six years, you can go like he has he has a, a restaurant in yeah. in Clearwater, Florida area, and he does karaoke on I think yeah, I think like once a week, but like. We, we gotta you, go. You carry, we got. We have. We should do a travel episode of Let's this. Let's do us three. Okay, I'm so down. And uh, but you <laughs> can do karaoke while he eats chicken wings behind you. It'd be amazing. But like, why have Here. it? I gotta bring the handlebars back. Yeah, and you could bring the yeah. costume back. Exactly. Yeah. That's such a great idea. All right, let's Honestly, go. <laughs> you should can- cancel it. Book a flight, rent a plane. Out of Burbank. Yes. <laughs> but have you like reached out to him and said like I played you on TV? There wasn't enough time from the time that I like started in the beginning. Um, I'm disappointed to get a hold in you, of him. but as a fr- I'm speaking as a no, friend, I mean, I'm the same dude. Like I also wanted to meet uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson on set, but I didn't get the chance, you know. So, but Hulk, Hulk you played Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I've tweeted at Hulk Hogan. He's written back to me. Really? Oh hell yeah! Have you, do you ever tweet at him? No, I don't really tweet. Am I shame? Am I doing the shame? I'm yeah. doing the shame thing. No, I, I like this. Is this attractive to you that I'm shaming you? <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> not not something that attracts me. We gotta connect you with Hulk Hogan. I agree. I'm down. Should we just tweet him live right now? See what happens. Yeah, Let's do like, it. Be like, Yo, you gotta tweet him because he responds to you. <laughs> it's been a minute, but when I did America's Got Talent, I, I came out to his entrance music. Oh, I, that's I awesome. Fought, I fought very. Aggressive. Which one? Uh, Real American. Yeah, you know? I used yeah, to play. Yeah. I, so I made a track of all of his songs, uh, a playlist. So before I go out and like perform as him or whatever there's like five songs that i would listen to and i would do it i just play that on repeat over yeah, and over, and over. <laughs> I am a speaking of america's got talent yeah. i want to I ask you about that experience okay. what, what was that like like how'd you get into it and then you know what was it like filming it like how did it all come to be i did uh, i i uh, i did stand-up comedy for 10 years and then i was very poor and desperate and then i had the opportunity to audition and i was like no i'm not gonna do that why would i do that you know i'm like and because uh, it's scary because like, that crowd is um, that crowd is like trained to if they like you stand up and clap and if they're trained if they don't like you to go boo <laughs> right and right. I don't need that that make me sad yeah. I would be my feelings would be hurt I would be destroyed honestly and then <laughs> judges include like Howard Stern and Howie Mandel like some of my comedy heroes I don't need to have mm. them go I don't think you're good at what you do like I would be destroyed <laughs> there's just a lot sense. of risk of of being absolutely destroyed <laughs> as we discussed it's not one of my things i enjoy and um but then i got really really desperate and then i went on it and it it went pretty well and i'm so lucky and grateful and uh and uh yeah i got second place i lost to a japanese dancer from japan as you do of course as it happens i don't when you do america's got talent you lose to a japanese guy sometimes <laughs> but he's my friend and um, oh, that's awesome. i made a friend yeah you know i made a few friends and um yeah, it's, it was really special. I got to travel around uh, on another level that I hadn't experienced before and sell lots of tickets and do that whole kind of thing. And uh, and it opened a bunch of doors for me. And um, I'm talking to you guys. And <laughs> I uh, I got a dog now. It's good, you know? I love the, I love the dog. You met <laughs> you met our mascot, Penny. Beautiful, beautiful dog. Um, 
What was the, you showed her the photo of you and Heidi Klum, right? Yeah. How yeah. did that, what was that? How did that, how'd you get that photo? That's um. So on the show, she's one of the judges yeah. and then she didn't, in like the third round, like the first live episode, she was like, uh, you're not appropriate for children and I didn't think you're funny kind of thing. And, uh, and uh, it was pretty gnar- gnarly, honestly, because like this is 10 years ago and like, I didn't, I was just like, this is live tell my first time on live TV on NBC family show. The show was like as big as it ever was. And I'm just like, did I, was I, did I destroy families? Like, uh, <laughs> like my joke, my little stupid joke. I told that, did I, are parents covering their kids' eyes? Are they scarred for, I'm literally thinking these things. Like I felt horrible. Like it was, I felt really bad and like, but so that, but that led me to getting pushed through to the next round though, because if she had said, you're funny. All the judges were like, you're funny, you're funny, you're funny. You don't go through. Because controversy, people like, the people booed her for saying what she said about me. Okay. So it made people go, I don't, you know what, I'm going to, it's like wrestling. For you. Like, yeah. I'm going to, I vote for you. You know what, boo her, I support him, you know? Right, right. So it pushed me through. I genuinely don't think I would have gone through if she had liked me. Because I see great, great comedians go on the show and they get four yeses, standing ovation. They don't go, go through. Wow. It helped me out. So then the next round, I did a whole act of like tongue in cheek, like child friendly jokes. And I took my jokes and spun them to be cutesy, but then the punchline is like PG 13, like right. dirty, but family friendly, dirty. You Playing know? into it. Yeah. So, and I got a big reaction out of that. And then that became my shtick on the whole season is just trying to impress Heidi Klum. And I got her to love uh, me. And then yeah. I went back on the show and we did silly skits and stuff and uh, kissed her on the mouth. No big deal, you know? And, uh, yeah. Super jealous. So like even now, like years later, people go like, "Where's Heidi?" Like at shows, and I'm like, oh, "She's in the car." I don't know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she's waiting for me. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for <laughs> but I have a career thanks to her uh, playing along with all that stuff. So she was really, uh, I was surprised in my life. I didn't think when I was a kid that Heidi Klum would be a big uh, vessel to my dreams coming true. You know, and That's it's, amazing. And she's funny and silly and cool and rad. And I think these judges they're playing characters too on these shows. It's wrestling. It is wrestling. Like I'm a wrestling fan, and like. They they can't all just be nice. Like someone needs to be the Simon Cowell. Someone needs to play dumb. I don't know comedy. Someone needs to be the supporter of weird things and yeah, you know, like yeah, different uh, archetypes kind of yeah. Like it's you have to make show and the show entertaining. The show's not entertaining if the judge, judges are just polite the whole time. Right. Yeah. I don't think I could do a job like that. I mean, if they offered me, I'd say yes in a heartbeat. <laughs> but I think it would be hard for me to tell people like on a really vulnerable moment in their life. Mm-hmm. No, not good, you know? Yeah. Like, so that's a, it's a weird position to be in for everybody, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that is crazy to think about too, like how big the show is and how much exposure it is and, and the vulnerability, right? Of like expressing yourself and doing your work in front of not only the TV crowd, but the actual crowd. Yeah. And, and then the judges, right? It's, yeah. It does seem like a lot to dig in. It's very odd because you do have to get the audience on your side, then the judges on your side, and then you have to get the audience at home to support you. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And it's, I don't think I could do it today, honestly. And I'm, I, I, I'm, the be, I'm, a, I'm a better artist than I've ever been. And I have more confidence in myself as an artist, but that setting for me is, I don't it's not healthy for me. <laughs> it wouldn't be healthy for me to mm. go on. I don't have the desperate desperation that I had and yeah. the healthy necessary level of desperation I had to go on the show at the time, you know, 
But now I just be like, I wouldn't think of funny ways to, to if they criticize me to deal. I'd be like, all right, well, that's your opinion, you know? Right. Like, right. I don't have mm-hmm. that energy to try to twist things into funny if they're being to me. I'd be like, well, it's not kind of you to say that, but that makes you feel better to say that. That's okay. You know what I mean? I, yeah. think, I think I'm healthy now. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's a, it's a hard, uh, I don't know how yeah. to answer it like well, in one sentence, but. Timing, right? Like, I think that's a, that thing that happened to you at the right time and, it, and everything in your life was clearly uh lined up for that to give you success now today that you have but desperation is a funny thing man it'll make you do some stuff that maybe uh give you some some courage or false courage i think put you in a position to really succeed if you show up yeah yeah like i look back i watch the audition video and i'm like oh my god i can't believe the balls on this guy who had no balls (laughs) (laughs) like this but i was just like i have to yeah but one thing that helped me in that whole thing is my shtick on stage now I think I'm just myself. I'm a version of myself, which I think, which I like a lot. And I think that's the best a stand-up can be is you are the same on stage and off stage. Maybe the volume turned up, but it's authentically yeah. you. I think I'm authentically myself, but like I was always awkward on stage. And uh, so when I was nervous, it just helped me. Right. People didn't know if I was doing a shtick or not. So it just helped me, made me likable and made me, it helped my jokes work, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how comedians who have to play confident, cocky on stage, I don't know how they survive in scenarios like that. Right. Like a Bernie Mac. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's not a, it's a bizarre setting. No matter what you're trained, no matter what your talent is to go up on the, that thing, all the judgment and the odd, the bullshit behind the scenes that you're dealing with and like the contracts and the months of pre auditions and like the, conversations with producers like just because you get just because they tell you you're going through doesn't mean you're definitely going to go through yeah we're gonna have a lawyer come up to you and say just so you know this is a tv tv show and we're gonna figure stuff out like it's a lot of nonsense happening and uh so people i don't know i from my experience i feel like the people who are like uber confident are the least confident like they're they're printing on something i think or they're sociopaths i'm not sure because it's it's not a healthy scenario that anyone can train for and be comfortable in you know yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it, right? I don't know. That's what I think, but I don't know anything. Maybe, maybe, no, I, maybe I, I more of, that's spot of comedy, right? Like, yeah. like a comedy is a tough, I feel like that is a very hard uh, craft to step into, you know, especially because not everyone thinks every joke is funny or finding the, the right thing, but versus somebody who's doing like a, a physical act, like shooting a bow with your feet or something like that. You can miss, obviously, but it's, <laughs> a, it's the, the repetition, the practice with that, I think is a little different than, you know, getting people uh you know worked up or or entertained by your voice you know Mm. it's it's just it's a little different i think it's more difficult in my opinion than if i was doing like if i had to choose between playing football and acting to me playing football would be easier because it's all physical for me like obviously there's a mental element of it right and you got to know how to like read people and do, do stuff on the field but you're constantly working at that and like physicality wise i feel like it would be easier than trying to convince someone that I'm uh, somebody else or some crazy Hulk Hogan, you know, like it's a different factor. I don't know. But, but so I, in that sense, I think comedy would be more difficult. It's funny. I, and people do judge comedy on another level that is not fair. Like in this, and I do too, but uh, people think that they can do it because everyone can tell a joke to their friend. Right. So there's people who like, it's funny. It was and there's a lot of circus people that do AGT, like brilliant Cirque du Soleil, like all these types of brilliant things. And it was funny talking to them because I watched them do the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life that I could never do if I dreamed of right. it, you know? And, but they would say to me unanimously, like, 
you go up there without anything, without, like, how do you do it? I'm like, are you kidding me? You just did 400 backflips on fire. Like, you know, <laughs> but like, a ring of fire. but they look at it like you don't have a thing. To, it's just you by yourself. Like you're naked on stage, you know, but mm-hmm. like, but then yeah. the flip side of it is people can go, all he's doing is telling jokes. He just said some things up with his mouth. What is he doing? You know, right? people feel so comfortable criticizing comedy and then try it. Yeah. yeah. You know? How how does that happen, uh, or how do you handle you know hecklers in the in the in the crowd? Is that something that's fun for you, or is it like shut up? You know, like <laughs> I don't I don't like hecklers. I mean, I like silly silly banter that evolves organically. Like if I yep. start talking to somebody and then we start having a silly conversation, that's fun, you know. Yeah. But hecklers, I don't I don't like a heckler, you know. I'm like I don't like all this crowd work. Yeah, yeah. This time yeah. period we're in for TikTok and all this, I don't enjoy. I don't know if it's good for the art form of stand-up comedy where right. views or art in general. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good that can happen. Like uh, gatekeepers are gone. Positive side is there's not like four people in charge of Hollywood who can decide uh, if you do or do not deserve to be here and follow your dreams or not. I mean, that's, that's 50 years ago. I mean, it's longer ago, but you know, like these to be yeah. like a few comedy clubs. And if you don't get in, you're not working mm. in comedy, you know? And uh uh, but now TikTok is free reign for everybody. Yep. So there's no gatekeepers. It's people get to decide, but it's algorithms mixed with a lot of trash. I don't know. I think there's yeah. more diarrhea. People like diarrhea for some reason. And there's less beautiful art getting put out there. And TikTok is part of China. <laughs> yeah. I was in the San Francisco and an Uber driver was telling me that people from TikTok she drops people off at TikTok and they're like, I don't use TikTok. I work there. It's disgusting. It's evil. It's terrible. Um, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? It's like no, in China, yeah, TikTok it's... is made to, uh, they, te- they put science out there. They teach and they put the trades. And they, and, they, um, yeah. Music and stuff. And there's a limit on time, you know? And here it's like the the trends are like, burn your friend with hot water challenge, you yeah. know? And like drink purple sauce. Yeah, but it's genuinely a thing. This is not conspiracy stuff. This is no, like it's really literally you know, what it is. But yeah. this, I think that's it. That's happening. Comedy. There's a lot of that kind of stand-up comedy that's thriving right now. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff thriving too. But there's a lot of that kind of comedy. Where I'm just like, uh, I don't know. So, and with that, I feel like that just comes with the volume, right? If if you increase the volume to exponential levels, you're gonna get a mixed bag, right? I mean, that definitely seems. Like that would kind of play into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But yeah, man, speaking of comedy clubs, what was it like doing the comedy store? I love, I mean, I've been performing there for 20 years and uh, I got the, so I, I have a new stand up special, Taylor Williamson, Taylor Williamson Live at the Comedy Store. It's on YouTube. It's free for everybody. Um, and uh, sorry, the way I framed that question made it seem like I didn't know you did it multiple times. No, no I'm not. Yeah, I was getting <laughs> at, like, <laughs> what is it like to play the comedy store? Well, what I love about the comedy store is like, it's um, no matter who you are, when you go on stage, it's hard. Right. Like if you want to see yeah. like great comics struggle and be humbled, watch them at the comedy store. Cause the crowd, it doesn't matter how famous you are on TikTok and if you have a little cult that likes you and that comes to see you and whatever, you have to be funny to work to survive at on stage at the comedy store. And uh I mean listen, there's not funny people that work there. And I might not be I'm not I'm, I'm just plenty of people who think I'm not funny, you know, that's that's fine. But like that the comedy store keeps me um like during COVID was a really hard time and coming bouncing back and the business changed a lot and not working for a year. And like, it always yeah. in hard times. So I think, am I good enough or whatever? Like the, when I get stage time in the comedy store, it reminds me like, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Like I've worked yeah. really hard and uh, I feel um, respected by the comedy community and that kind of thing. You know, like the, That's right. I feel like a real artist, you know, yeah. and it's important to me, you know? And um, so getting to film my comedy special, there was like a big honor and uh uh, yeah, I, have you been out there before? Yeah, there and Laugh Factory yeah, are the sure. two I usually go to. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. you've been in the comedy store. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I love it. Um, I haven't been in a little while, but uh, like that's where like Chris Rock when he needs to work out jokes, he goes there. Yeah. Like he like like because it's giving a real reaction, you know. And yeah. it's not just your fans; it's like a real uh, America but, audience, you know. Yeah, like the end. It's a very industry heavy spot. Right. Well, not, like, that's not, it is, but that's not what I meant. Like, I don't know. I'm just blabbering about all things right now, but like in comic, and it's not a bad thing. It's, I don't like it, but I'm probably being, uh, I'm probably old and bitter if I'm saying that. I don't like it because <laughs> no. it's not how it was before. And like every generation has that, you know? Sure. But like, I think you should be funny, funny, not funny to this specific demographic. Mm. But there's people who like, I'm doing this guy's podcast tomorrow. This guy Modi, who's like a brilliant comedian, who's always been funny, but he's blowing to Jewish people. He's I'm Jewish, but he's like the most superstar Jewish comedian on the planet. Like he sells out around the world, and he talks about Ashkenazi Jews versus Sephardic Jews. Like it's oh, yeah. also funny, but if you don't know what he's talking about, you don't get it. But he's funny. But, he's, but he also can do the comedy seller. He can do the comedy store if you wanted to be funny. You know, my uh, in my DNA, my older brother did the Twenty Three and Me, yeah. and we have like 
the highest percentage of anything is the Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, Mazel Tov. Look yeah, at you. Yeah. That's we, exciting. But my mother's like super Christian and we were baptized. We weren't raised Jewish, but like we have that in our, yeah. That's cool. Anyway, I, but I always say I'm half and half. Even okay. though that doesn't really make sense, I think it makes sense. It's just, you have the you have DNA proof of that. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. but then, it's just I don't know. The, the point is the comedy story. Not okay. to hold up you guys, but you know I uh, I've I've portrayed two of the greatest Jews on on film. You have, have you really? You have yeah. not Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, no, not that I know. No, no, I don't think sure I don't not. think Hulk. <laughs> um, but uh, what great Jews did you p- portray? Well, Mel Brooks and Jesus. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah pretty two pretty that's good ones. Really two funny. pretty good ones. Yeah, that's major. Yeah, yeah. What did you portray Mel Brooks in? Uh, History of the World Part Two. That's so cool, dude. Yeah, it was a big honor, man. Like that was a that was an amazing show to be a part of, dude. I, he yeah. took me to the premieres as plus one. I was like freaking out. I'm yeah. like, this is this is legendary. <laughs> oh so, my god! So Mel Brooks saw you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I, he I, on was set? Him. He didn't. He didn't come to set when I was there that I know of. But um, he said he came to the premiere and he, you know, was highly, heavily involved in in the entire show, writing it and producing it and everything. And just yeah, he was. He uh, saw you perform. Yeah, I mean, we we entered the premiere and I was it was I was him. You opened up the show with me. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, dude. So if Mel, Mel Gibson or not Mel Gibson? Have you done Mel Gibson though? <laughs> not yet. Only for Halloween. Braveheart. <laughs> He's the least respected of uh, to the Jews. You could do Mel Brooks and Mel Gibson. That'd be big, big, big controversy. There. The two Mel's. <laughs> wow, yeah. I never thought about the spectrum of Mel's to the to Judaism. Yeah, we That's love some Mel's. We don't love some Mel's. Yeah, yeah. That's, never thought about that either. Is there a Kanye named? Is there a Jewish Kanye <laughs> who's like who's right. beloved by Jews? I don't think. so. I don't know any other Kanyes. I think it's just one. But uh, uh, so you got Hulk Hogan has probably seen you. The Rock has seen you. Yeah. Jesus, well, Jesus has seen you. Yep. 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 He sees everything. He's like Santa. He <laughs> wow. Look at, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. As, this business is hard and confusing and uh, stressful. And like that kind of stuff, like really, uh, I have to remind myself how lucky I am when we all get to do this kind of stuff, like yeah. uh, to, to get to entertain people who entertain us. What a oh, beautiful yeah. thing, you know? Do you have something like 100%. that? 100%. That, like, um, I mean, really, that stands out to you. You know, I'm just like working for people, I guess, that I respect a lot, mainly producers and stuff like that. And, um, I did a lot of PA work around, you know, a lot of people, which was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be coming from the production assistant perspective and the production, or sorry, producer side. So, like, yeah, definitely working with mentors, working for mentors. Um, but nothing, you know, not, nothing. No, I wouldn't say that. Cause I think, you know, um, not that you can mention it, but some of the stuff you're working on right now is like with, with legends. No, for, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank so you. it's like, even though mention it's not it. out, you yeah. have to mention it. I'll yeah. tell you off air. Tell show. me right now. I will walk out of your house right now. What are you going to do? Well, <laughs> enjoy the walk. <laughs> I'll probably um, your Spencer, on. how many minutes do we have? <laughs> well, no, yeah. No, yeah, like, but even my first job ever as a production assistant on Ocean's 13, right? Like, yeah, walking around set with George, Brad, Bernie, Scott Kahn, and Casey Affleck were young and skateboarding everywhere. And, like, I was literally a, you know, 16 year old production assistant or something, but like, I just trying not to screw up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was 
insane. And um, working for Matt Damon and Michael Douglas on the Liberace film for HBO, you know, stuff like that, where even as a PA, you're still being able to watch these people work, right? Um, shadowing Doug Ellen on Entourage, watching the interactions there um, as like an intern just yeah. showing up to watch. So stuff like that where I'm not involved directly really at all, but I'm observing it, right? So but like just, the, just in proximity alone, you know, yeah. being able to yeah. observe that level of production and, and that craft is like, it changes you. Yeah. For sure, for yeah. sure. Good way to put it. That's awesome. That's the other thing that's fun is to get to be inside a thing that you grew up watching too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember I did Love Line like 10 years ago for the first time. And like, I listened to that when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, I, I did Dr. Drew's podcast later and like, I apologized to him. I was like, I think I was probably your worst guest ever on, on Love Line. And he's why like, he's like why? That? And I was like, cause I forget I'm on the show. I'm just listening. I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, what's he going to say about that? Oh wow. The, I just think these things I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to, chime in you know yeah yeah but uh that's so special you got to work with all those people so young oh my god yeah uh learning experiences right yeah. like just trying not to screw up and learning what i can and yeah yeah thank you it's fun though do you, do you have like a project or a show that you want to do or a special you want to film somewhere like is that in a pipeline for you like a, a vision for yourself of what you want to achieve yeah, I'm always shopping shows and pitching shows and I've sold some shows that got pilots and then never end up anywhere. And then sometimes it goes like that. Yeah, it goes like that a lot, honestly. And like, <laughs> uh, and uh, but uh, I have a show in development, development right now with this company, Love Productions, that did um, Great British Bake Off and a whole bunch I of- I love uh, that show, yeah. dude. Oh my God. So I have a, a really, really silly- uh, cooking show format that I'd be hosting with uh, this brilliant actress Ginger Gonzaga, and uh, we like created it and we're pitching it. And we're about to we so we have their, them attached and we're about to start pitching it soon. So, dude, but it's funny how it's like two years in the making. You know, like, I love you know that. how this stuff go, this stuff goes. It's like this business is like yeah. tr trying to do things by yourself. You know, like yeah. not waiting for opportunities. You know, it's <laughs> so much work and it's so much uh, unpaid work. You know, and yeah. hustle and rejections but what keeps me going is uh everyone i learned this from mel brooks uh he didn't tell me this i don't think but uh, <laughs> like from my, the story directly <laughs> the story i heard is that every every studio said no to the producers except for one mm. yep so i have to remind myself all the time whether it's business or dating or whatever you don't need everybody yeah you just need one person who's like you know what i believe in you and that's that's what my career has been for like agents and uh production companies that want my shows like i've never been the guy that like five studios are like oh my god we want to make your show you know it's always like one guy who goes i think you're great i'm like really huh? i think even with the biggest people out there like a christopher nolan or something right like they're even their projects are being told no all the time yeah you know what i mean and it's i think you're totally right that's like the nature of the industry just fucking keep yeah. trying and trying to I'm get out sure there that, and that's like with the uh, um kevin costner you know he wanted to make his films he's doing right now for 15 horizon um like 15 20 years and nobody ever gave him the green light and that's kevin costner you know yeah. so now finally uh he got financing and he's out there just doing it man wow and so it's like i've been around enough uh, uh successful people the ones that are on a high level uh or even working their way towards uh, a better career it's just they really let you know you gotta you gotta work at it you gotta create it you gotta go out there and make it happen so you, to your point you know it's you know you get turned down and shut like 
people shut you down all the time and say that pilot's not good enough for this or that, but there's so many ways to create content now and so many places for content to live, you know, and there's an audience out there for just about everybody at this point. Um, you just have to keep knocking down those doors. And so even if you need one person to say, uh, I believe in you, I wouldn't even go that far. I'd say, just keep believing in yourself to the point where you don't stop you. Even if you have to make it yourself, you see these, some of these people, like I saw uh, Andrew Schultz, he made his own special and then put it out independently. Right. right. And then it was a success. Right. And that doesn't happen very often, but, yeah. but it's one of those things where you get, you just got to find a way. I think you just have to find a way and it's not easy. It's this, especially this industry is highly competitive and, um, all out of your grinding. Yeah. It's super difficult, but, um, yeah, I think if, if you just don't quit and you keep trying different stuff, like there is, it's limitless to what you can actually do. It's just, it's just tough. You just, you gotta put in the work. Yeah. So my special, I self-financed it. And like, I was like, I started 20 years ago. So I started like, you don't do, you wait till the, someone offers you a thing, you know? And I saw what he did. And a lot of people have been self-producing their stuff. And I was just like, you know, I've been talking to people about doing it for two or three years. And I'm just like, you know what? Before COVID, I was talking about self, I was trying to find that fancy director to do it. You know, like, right. like asking my famous friends, will you direct my thing? I don't know how to make it. You know what I mean? But then um, I, uh, I linked up with this amazing director, this guy, Justin Slade McLean. And like, and uh and then this amazing uh, DP named Wojtek and we, and I got the comedy store to agree to let me film there. And like legendary. Uh, yeah. It's like, I'm so I got, I make a thing and like, it's thing in my 20 years. This is the thing I'm most proud of. I made like, it's, I made a standup special. That's not just jokes. Like I'm proud. I feel like I made like an art piece. Like I'm so proud yeah. of it. And uh, I loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, like, and I own it, you know? And like, yeah. so like, like, I want to get more eyeballs, as many eyeballs as I can. I don't have millions of views on it yet, but I turned on one of the streamers offered me a deal that I didn't think was good enough. And I could have done that and made some money quick, but then I don't own it. I don't right. get to keep it. Like, I, I, So I'm excited about getting it myself and seeing what I can do with it. And it's it's I'm new to the YouTube thing. Like I haven't been pushing on social media. I've been creating shows and selling shows and trying to get big the old school way, you know? Right. And like, so this is my first time putting myself out there for the podcast thing. And I'm monetized on YouTube now and figuring out how all that stuff works. And uh, it's really odd to me. Like it's, um, it's exciting. And I wish I had been doing it 10 years ago, you know, like we all right. were like, why wouldn't do this yeah, yeah, <laughs> before yeah. people knew this was the thing, you know? And, yeah. I'm tr and trying to break through and this kind of, it's, it's, it is competitive. Like they say, it's yeah. not a competition. I think it is now. I truly think because of TikTok and Instagram, like it, I, I feel for the first time, it definitely is a competition. Like yeah. there's only so many, just so much time for people's eyeballs and ear holes, you know? And <laughs> for a comedian, there's only so many stages that are in stage time that's available and locally and on the road. So like, yeah. I do feel like, oh, this is, I gotta, this is, I have to win this. I have to like, at least uh, get in the top, whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And that's like, a, I think a healthy competition, like if it, forces you or, or challenges you to be better yourself, like you're just going to put out better work then. The problem is, I don't know if that's true for stand-up comedy. And this really? is from my perspective. And uh, I, because I'm spending hours a day now editing clips mm. instead mm. of writing and being creative and working on my craft. Yeah. So I don't know if it's making the art form better for a stand-up comedy, but there's still room. That's fair, yeah. But the good news is there is still... If there are vessels now for artists who weren't seen 
before. Like there's this comedian, oh, yeah. Ian Bag, who's been around for longer than I've been around, and he's so funny. And the industry just never gave him that. We're gonna make you that guy, you know? Right. Like, whatever the pixie dust, whatever I'm doing, I don't know. And but because of YouTube and like he's been doing crowd work for years, mm. and but he's brilliant. It's not. It's not hacky. It's not basic. It's not lowest common denominator. Like whatever. It's smart, brilliant stuff. And because of like you said, things line up sometimes or whatever. They people want like crowd work stuff. They like authentic moments, whatever. Well, he's the king. He's the superstar of that. So all uh -huh. his clips are now blowing up, and he's selling out all over the world. And it's such a joy to see. And this is comedian Todd Glass, who's who's been around for a long time. He's probably like sixty. One of the funniest comedians in the world, and he's killing it on TikTok. So That's like, awesome. and the, and he found like a younger someone in their twenties is helping him make videos and stuff, yeah, and doing yeah, right. like sketches, like That's doing cool. different types of comedy. So. There is room, and he gave me some advice, like instead of being like, "But this isn't what I signed up for." Like, I don't want to be like, "I'm like old, I'm 37, I'm like talking like I'm a 90 year old bitter comedian." <laughs> but like, there are ways to adapt and to this format, and I'm trying to figure that out yeah. while also not compromising my stand up's my main thing, you know. And I still want to sell my TV shows and stuff too, oh, and like scripts sure. and all this stuff. So, is right now I'm going hard on editing clips and all this stuff, but it's not what I want to be doing, but. It's what I need to be doing right now, yeah. you know? And I mean, it's you're, okay. you're literally doing everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm trying, you know? Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. But then the other side of it, the other side of it too is like, if I'm being self-aware and honest, are you still only have to work an hour a day? Now I have to work eight hours a day, you know? So there's that <laughs> yeah, yeah. happening to uh, lazy ass comedians like I've been many times in my life, you know, where it is a full-time job, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. And now we have to treat it as such, you know, so... Makes sense. Yeah, so it's 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 confusing, and there's and no one knows anything too, you know. Like everyone's just kind of figuring it out. Yeah, no one knows like the algorithms or like anything like that. Yeah, like there's this kid Ralph Barbosa who was opening for me a couple of years ago, and then he blew the fuck up on Instagram and TikTok, and he happens to be like a really special artist, but for whatever reason, the algorithm just understood that. And people all agree with it. And he's a superstar now. Huh. And like two years ago, he was just scraping by and making the little money I can afford to pay an opener, you know? Right, yeah. right. And it's such a joy to watch him, but it's like stratospheric success. I Damn. I just like just bizarrely wonderful to watch, you know? Yeah. And from clips online, you know? And being authentically himself, not compromising himself. And um, it's cool. So there's, it happens too. There's both, both yeah. things are happening, you know? Have you... um? Have you performed in Austin a lot? Have you done like Mothership or anything like that out there? I've been to Austin a lot. I haven't been out to that club. Have you been out there? No, I'm I'm dying to go. I I know it's like a comedy mecca, and I assumed correctly, obviously, that you've you know been to Austin. But I think the Mothership is like a new newer place, right? I think a couple of years, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. 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 I think it's pretty new. Um, but yeah, I was just curious because I knew Austin was like a big comedic. Like it would be, it's funny because it used to be Austin was always a respected comedy scene for decades, as, but it was more um, the term like alternative comedy, like like cerebral comedy kind of thing, and then um, not not club comedy. Does that make sense to you? Like there was like people like Maria Bamford or like Patton Oswalt would love going to Austin. Like oh, okay. It would be like kind of like Austin's weird. was their whole, you know, like yeah. Elijah Wood lives there, you know, or lived right, there. Like that right. was, that was what Austin used to be known as to artists. If that makes sense. I don't know the word for it, but like yeah. quirky uh, kind of stuff. And then um, Joe Rogan moved there and all these people moved there. And like 
now it's like a different it's kind of like the comedy store move there it's like that mm. kind of vibe of like kind of uh i don't know the word for it but it's like um uh it's not that kind of comedy and it's more, more club comedy it's more um i don't know the word for it but a different style and uh but it's so it's interesting it's cool like it's but now comedians are moving there to to become to great big comedians are moving to austin now so that's that's what's happened since covid is comedians don't need need to live in la or new york right and uh do you think that's good for the industry having more places like that of course yeah. i mean it's amazing i mean i'm i'm uh i'm fascinated by it because like you used to there's no barrier to entry anymore for artists for stand-ups especially because it used to be you don't need to but 99.9% of the comedians who make it, whatever that is, they move to LA or New York. That's what it used mm. to be. But yeah. some people can't afford to move to LA or New York. Right. Some people don't have a car to get there. Some people don't have the people tell the belief in themselves that they can do it. You know, mm. they don't know people out there, so it just seems so scary. But now that you can you can be in San Diego, you can be in Florida, and you can thrive anywhere because of this kind of stuff. So it's one it's wonder it's a wonderful thing. And again, the the part of where it's competitive is now there's a few years ago, there was legit maybe a thousand people who identify as a comedian. Now there's tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. Oh, wow. And it's yeah. really bizarre. And I talked to my friend's dad, who's a photographer, and he's like, "That's now you know how photographers feel. Oh, yeah. Because everyone got a Oh, you're a photographer? Oh, yeah. I got a camera? I'm like, what? You know? That's funny. And I, I hope, I, do, I, I joke about sounding like a bitter guy, but it is fascinating how, and all our, art, our arts change and evolve and, I remember when Twitter came out, I was excited. I was like, this is so cool. And I talked to a comic who was like 20 years older than me. And he was like, what is this? Hmm. What do I have to do? Now everyone's yeah. a journalist. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was so cool because I love quick jokes, you know? And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and that's what Twitter was just jokes. It was it was more like trying to have the funniest snarky joke. And now it's just the, the, the diarrhea stuff but <laughs> and fighting and all this stuff. But uh and anyways, it's interesting how things evolve and yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I think that's why we'll never have another, you know, Michael Jackson or an Elvis or, uh, you know, like some of these. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Major, major stars because it's just it's it's kind of oversaturated now with with talent. And there's so much access to people and whether it's on social media, whether it's on multiple platforms, whatever it is. And there's so many people doing stuff. You know, now you're seeing there's 10,000 comedians out there. It, there's just no way for, it's not hyper-focused anymore. Yeah. You just just can't. So you really have to do stuff to just stand out and kind of make a difference. And unless you're Taylor Swift, (laughs) unless you're Taylor Swift, she's pretty big. Yeah. She is pretty big. Yeah. Like Um, who's, who's like, who's someone who's famous that your mom knows and we know, you know, and then also like, or, my little brother or something yeah. who's 10 yeah it yeah. just it doesn't i mean leonardo dicaprio i remember seeing like some q, q rating is like whatever like you guys know it's like uh oh yeah how popular someone is right and, and well known or whatever right am i right something like that yeah i remember seeing this is like 10 years ago someone posted um who who has the highest q rating it was a bunch of youtubers who i had never heard of and then leonardo dicaprio are you kidding leonardo dicaprio was at the bottom wow because mm. like these kids don't Titanic is too old for them. But like we grew up, like he was the guy, whatever you know. And like yeah. these kids are like, huh? there wasn't even there wasn't YouTube. And what do the kids watch all day, every day? Yeah, and that's what the majority of them have wanted to uh, uh, aspire to be as a YouTuber. Right? Yeah, he's also made a lot of R-rated movies after Titanic. I'm thinking about Older that a little bit. Like it's not like he's in a big Pixar film or something that would reach that younger gen either. Well, I think also like if you know, think about his age. And where Titanic skews in that audience base too, right? It's still a little bit older. And then yeah. as you grow, like you see that with Disney stars, right? They'll start off younger um, and they garner that younger audience, but then they stay with them through their life. And then you get more as you keep going, but um, your art and your audience is going to grow. So it's like Justin Bieber. You know, no, nobody older, an older demographic didn't like listening to Justin Bieber. And then he got a little bit older and he came out with some better music and you're like, Oh dang, I actually kind of like kind of mess with Justin Bieber right now. And he just keeps getting better as it, it, it gets older, I think. But it's just following that crowd and that demo and then kind of catering to a new audience as they keep going. So you, to your point though, like Leonardo DiCaprio didn't start doing, you know, Pixar or, or Dude, even his first really. movie as a teenager with Wahlberg was basketball diaries, which I think was rated R and PG 13 rated R. I'm pretty sure. So like, yeah. anyway, what about growing pains? Remember when he was in growing pains? I didn't, was he? What business are you in? If, you're not in show business, pal. If you don't know about Leonardo DiCaprio when he guest starred on Growing Pains, I'll take the L on that for sure. I'll <sighs> take the L. Is that like not knowing Drake was in Degrassi? <laughs> like, no, this is worse than that. Like he was, his dad was an alcoholic, and and this the Seaver family, like they 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 thought Leonardo DiCaprio was drinking all their their liquor. Oh, okay. But it so tur- I messed that but, up. You know, spoiler alert. Do you know what happened? It's like. He it turned out he poured it all down the drain because he didn't want the Seaver family to be alcoholics like his dad. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Growing pains. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll take the L on that. I pre- I I, I feel like I've been aggressive and I apologize <laughs> and I forgive you for not watching that show in 1987. Thank <laughs> you. I was born in '90, so. Oh God, I'm old. How old are you? Uh, 32. Dude, it's so. I'm 37. I cannot tell you how weird it is to be older than people now. Oh yeah, you know the weirdest thing is Dude. being older than like athletes that I admire. I was about to say, I feel that too. 
It's crazy. Yeah. I was, yeah, I'm with you, dude. I was always, I was big. So I like would hang out with an older crowd, Yeah, but I was always the youngest one. Even yeah. in high school, I graduated at 17. I was always my entire life, the youngest guy. And now I'm like, oh, hanging out with some peers, yeah. the same age. Oh, cool. I have the same thing. So Why I started, are you, you're younger than me? You're in your 20s still? Yeah. Oh. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Like when I find out like the, the, the WWE champions younger than me, I'm like, what the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. What was that like interviewing uh, all the wrestling stars? Cause I, I saw that video on your YouTube page. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Oh, you did a deep dive. Um, yeah. 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 Before COVID, I was going to start working with Fox sports and uh, being like a goofy correspondent for like WWE programming on Fox, like yeah. a daily show kind of correspondent, like talking to fans and wrestlers and stuff. Cool. And then the world ended and uh it happens you know oh that and, was uh, right before yeah, yeah. Right. i was gonna start wrestlemania 2020 like march or april that year wow. and, like some bad stuff happened and then um and then uh but uh yeah it's fun i was like wrestling it's like it's funny like i don't watch it all the time anymore at all but like i have so much respect for them as like performers and artists and i just honestly like wrestling is like did you ever watch wrestling in your life yeah for sure yeah, it's like a comic book so like it's like it's right. like the same stories from 20 years ago or like still kind of interconnected you know and uh and i also just love watching there's this there's used to be this legendary show in la called pwg and uh so many huge wrestlers now i saw them wrestle there in like a tiny vfw hall for like 200 people and like now they're like headlining WrestleMania and stuff, literally. You oh, know? Wow. So it's it's like stand-up or any art. Like it's fun to watch people when they're starting out and then following their dreams. So like it's cool to I enjoy that part of it, you know? Like yeah. I follow it kind of in that kind of way and see what's going on. And that's my fallback plan. For wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried it? No, no. I've I've been people it, think you're I, a wrestler at the airport. A lot. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do get that a lot. Um, but I've had conversations about doing it multiple times. Um, and I just, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to do this acting thing, man. I'm going to see what happens. Cause this is where my passion is. You know, did you work with Chavo Guerrero? He was on set. Yeah. That's so cool. He's yeah, great. Yeah. He's a legend. I got to kill him in a, uh, with a lightsaber in a, in a, really? in a, in a short film. That's awesome. Yeah, that's one of the highlights of my life. Honestly. I love that. <laughs> Chavo's great. That's, yeah. that's so special. You got to work on that set. Yeah. We were supposed to do this big, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but we were supposed to do this big wrestling scene. We we're going to remake uh, one of the WrestleManias where, you know, Hulk kind of passes the torch over to the rock. Uh, I think it was like 18 or something like that. WrestleMania 18, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, we didn't end up getting to do it because of timing and scheduling and all this stuff. But uh, we were going to do all of this planning and rest. It would have been so sick, dude. And I would have worked a lot more with him, obviously, at that point. But um yeah, dude, no, the guy is an absolute legend. Everyone talks so highly about him too, man. And and where were we? When we were at Comic Con too, the there was the the glow, the original glow actresses oh, yeah, yeah, were yeah. across from us and they oh, were they were yeah. talking about him too, you know. And um And Chavo yeah. just worked on that new um that's a movie about the Von Eric family. I forgot uh, yeah, Iron yeah. Claw, the A twenty four film. Yeah, with uh Efron. Yeah. 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 I need to see that still. Have you seen it? I didn't I've I've seen the documentary that I think it's based on. I might be spreading a rumor, but my buddy's well, if it's based on the real people, it's based on real then, people. Yeah. And yeah, there's a yeah. documentary that came out, but I'm not trying to spread rumors. But uh, the, these guys, um, uh, Evan Husney and Jason Eisner, have the show called Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, and they did an episode on the Von, Ar Von Eric family. It's like fa it's tragic and fascinating. Yeah. And um, anyways, but that became the movie. Okay. And, uh, but uh, but yeah, so Chavo worked on that too. So yeah, shout out to Chavo. Yeah, man, that's yeah. the guy. Can I tell you? So that's the guy I saw wrestle as a child, like live in San Diego at the Cox Arena. You know, really? oh, no and way. then and then I got to like be in a little sketch with him. Like that's Hell like yeah. it's yeah. like full circle kind of. Yeah, yeah, I have to constantly remind myself, like you know, like, like 
oh, I'm frustrated about this, but like, oh, I got to do this. Like, yeah. I, I, to, I make a full sentence in my head, like, want to stay positive. Like, if I could tell 12 year old Taylor that you got to act in a scene with Chavo Guerrero, like, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? Dude, fuck yeah. Super yeah. cool. Pardon man. my language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did uh, where did comedy or your interest in comedy originate? Did you have uh, you know a family I, or is it just? I didn't love comedy as a kid. I didn't grow up. I'm so, I was like a sarcastic douchey kid probably, you know, honestly. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then uh, just a smart ass, you know? And then, uh, but honestly, I was a wrestling fan and there were these Indy Kaufman documentaries on Comedy Central mm. that I think were on HBO years before then. But um, they talked about Andy Kaufman, how he would go to, when he was a star on Taxi, when he was like, back when there was, I don't know, 10 TV shows on TV. I don't know how it works back then. You know, the four channels talk about like the opposite of now, you know? Yeah. Andy Kaufman was so famous but he was working at jerry's deli as a bus boy on sundays oh wow like wow. because he's just weird you know and just wanted to be <laughs> andy kaufman maybe. Andy Kaufman-ing it up and then uh he would also go down to memphis tennessee and wrestle and his whole shtick was Sick. that's before wrestling was national so yeah. people in la didn't know what was happening but yeah. people in that's where we filmed the last season oh, oh yeah? Yeah, yeah and that so but out there like that territory, like the states around there, they would see Andy Kaufman come and be like, "You, you Southern hicks." <laughs> he would fight women from the from the crowd who were like plants, you know. And like, yeah. but like that got me interested in com interested in comedy. I was like, "What is this? This whatever." And yeah. so I started in high school, and uh, that is yeah. an interesting combination of the two, right? Yeah, like where they intersect in like this amazing way with this legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling, everything's kind of wrestling. Like Trump is wrestling. Like it's it's insane, but like politics has become pro wrestling, dude. The ovations he gets with Kid Rock and Tucker Carlson walking in at UFC and it's all crazy. that, you know, like. But he also did WWE too, right? Yeah. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. He he was. They made him something happened. Oh, so WWE is a pro publicly traded company. Yeah, and they and they had in a storyline. I don't know. Everything I say is ten years ago. I don't know. Just you know, ten years ago, maybe. And the storyline was Donald Trump bought WWE from Vince McMahon. Oh, that's awesome. And then they had to do a press release the next day because it messed up the stocks. Wow. And they had to wow. do a press release saying, this, wow. this is not real. This is when Part he was the... just the goofy uh, talk sh uh, TV show host. Right, right. right. And... Uh, they, they had announced that anyways. But yeah, he was like a major part of wrestling over the decades. And uh, yeah, like he totally used what he learned from that. Like, and and it, it somehow worked. And... It's all a shit show, you know? Showmanship and... Yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of nonsense, you know? Right. And talk talk radio is... And the, uh, cable news is wrestling. Just saying, cutting promos is the term they use in wrestling for when you give them a speech. Like Hulk Hogan's like, I'm yeah. going to see you, WrestleMania. You think you could do that, whatever. That's what, that's what cable news is. Right. I heard some story about... Um, Keith Olbermann went to some baseball game and he said Sean... Sean Hannity came up to him and it was like, Hey man, it's, you know, it's all, it's all fun, you know? And Keith was like, I'm not shaking your hand. It's not whatever. But these people, it's all entertainment to a lot of them. They're just putting on a show. And right. when I was in San Diego years ago, I talked to a woman who would go on like a rally factor and she was a local wow. radio person, like a talk radio person. And she said that Fox would call her and then do you want to come be a guest to talk about whatever the problem is? And she would go, which point of view do you want me to take? Oh wow! I'm a pro or against it's right. And now this is happening the billionth degree level with TikTok and stuff. People are 
sharing things they don't necessarily believe, but they're getting the trending. Like when the mm. Bin Ladens, uh, oh God, the, the yeah. people were sharing, young people, Gen Z, whatever. But these kids are sharing, the, this, uh, Bin Laden wrote a letter uh, after 9-11 saying, this is why I did what I did. So these so 20 years later, these kids are reading this letter going, someone posted, oh, I see where he's coming from. And then it started trending. So then other people go, I want followers too oh, it must be a good point of view to take. So other people are yeah. sharing it. And That's then crazy. young, naive, or probably old, naive, all naive people around the world are like, oh, wow, this is trending. Maybe this is a point of view I should take. Yeah. And TikTok is just destroying society. That's and crazy. Anyways. And a younger generation that didn't really uh, experience it. You know, like yeah. even when we were, I was 10 years old or something when it happened. It's like, you're sitting here like, that was, I remember when they turned on the TV and our teacher's just freaking out. You turn on the TV and you're like, is this really happening right now? Yeah, I watched world it. Got silent. Everyone remembers where they were, yeah, right? Like, yeah. but except for the people that were too young and don't understand how serious it was. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, but uh, it's funny, like young people are becoming, like the way that people our age have been like saying our parents on Facebook, they believe anything or they read on Facebook, you know, like our parents are so, um, what's the word? Um, uh, right but there's a word for it they have poor um uh, uh media literacy like they oh, can't yeah. dis- uh, dis- uh, oh, yeah. dissect of something that's this, this, i'm trying to sound smart they can't no, they can't I, just tell something is legit or not you know yeah but young people yeah. well they're on tiktok just sharing stuff like this is good well, ai is doing that no for too. sure people people can't see the difference when it's like an ai generated video of somebody uh you know what i'm fascinated by and you guys are in the comic con world you know these people who are this popped up on my TikTok is some guy who I didn't watch Walking Dead, but there's, there's a super famous actor from Walking Dead who uh, this guy's whole job now is just being a version of him, his character. Uh, Revis. Uh, Dar- his it's, name is Daryl in the show. I don't know if it's that, but, but there's anyway, it was, it's, he has three, na- three names in his name. Uh, anyways, but he's anyways, but like yeah. this, what would these people be doing if they didn't have a guy who looks exactly like them, who is a famous actor that they can play the character of at comic cons and TikTok and stuff, you know? Right. Like, what would his job be? He's either, it's either like I work at. He was an accountant. I'm an accountant <laughs> or, <laughs> or I'm going to just walk around playing this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you, you see the, the Vin Diesel guy? No, there's a guy that walks around his entire life. I've actually seen him in person is, is he goes around to these different conventions. Where was I? I saw him at a, um, there was a car show convention or something like that. I can't remember. It was in Vegas. Um, yeah, he goes around as Vin Diesel and literally with a tank, like the white tank, that wife beater on and like just cruises around and like that. She just has a career off that. Yeah. You you got to go around as the Hulk until someone (laughs) knows. I don't look, well, yeah, I mean. Can you please go? I'm gonna find this guy really quick so I can. Please go to Tampa and go do karaoke in front of Hulk Hogan. You gotta come with us. I will. I'll do the real American. Uh, But like, I don't think you're taking this seriously. Like, (laughs) we we need to get you and Hulk Hogan in a photo together. Oh, dude, I love that. I agree, bro. This is the guy. I'm in on it. Thank you. I mean, I just feel like you guys are just like, I got your back on that. I want. I want to have it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's all. I I care about you. You know. (laughs) Yeah. This dude. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm telling <laughs> you, he goes around everywhere, bro. But, but there's a bunch, like you said, the Comic-Cons, all that stuff. There are guys that, there's some people you almost can't even tell the difference between their character and them. 
But he's like yeah. married and has like a wife and I, I guess, Dude, man, I don't know. He looks like Andrew Dice Clay mixed with Vin Diesel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like it's not spot on, but like from a distance, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Wait a minute. So these are all, are <laughs> any of them the real one? <laughs> nah, definitely not. But that's, em- like, I'm not trying to mean, but that's embarrassing, no? Yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, is it? But if you're out to him. <laughs> but then if he's happy and he's making people happy it's wonderful right, right, yeah, right. he's got to get something out of it you know he must get a lot of uh he, he's probably got to the point where people are saying it so much he's like all right i'm in because he so if, he's, if it's like you look kind of like you might as well just go all in and yeah. just like shave your head and uh go to the gym and wear shirts like that right but he must love it he must be so happy i think he loves it yeah i don't know but i would yeah. say he loves it if you're cruising around in a daily fashion rocking around <laughs> like that's your dude yeah. you, I've, you gotta like it a little bit i've spent a lot of time around um stand-ins yeah. on on sets oh, right yeah. so like if you're brad pitt stand-in and you're like hanging around dressed as brad like you're you're feeling yourself pretty yeah good. And like i <laughs> i'm not putting stand-ins down i love no, every respect. single one they work hard they're nice they're cool they get it um but it's like they got a little swagger going they're trying to like embody it you know but you know there's some like famous people who do that too like jojo siwa I saw her. she has a car. She's like a famous, uh, I think, YouTuber, Nickelodeon girl. Not just, she's a singer. She does all the things, but she's like yeah. super. She's one of the people that like. I'm like, who who is this? Oh, she's the most famous thing on the planet, right? Yeah. So she's a big deal. Jojo Siwa. She drives around in a car, everyday life, like as Jojo Siwa all over it. Really? And it's just her car. Oh, her wow. and her car. That's good branding. I was at. She's in it. I was at a studio and the car was there, and I thought, oh, they're just that must be like her promo thing when she does podcasts or whatever. Like someone travels with her. I don't know. Oh no, that's her car. She drives herself. That's everywhere. Yeah. I, would say, I wouldn't want that kind of like, you know, blowing up your spot. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be low key here, man. Do you guys, do you guys like attention? Like when you're like, would you like to drive a nice car and have people like go, Hey, what? no judgment. Like I'm, I, not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, it's not, not me. really. I drove her in a Ferrari once. My friend uh, rented a Ferrari when he came in town. And he's like, he's in the, he's like, get in the thing. And we're on the, the beach in Santa Monica. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and then uh, I'm just like, no, like, what? Well, I'm not going to get in your Ferrari and try to drive it. Also, this is weird. I'm not going to, but I could tell it meant something to him. Like, yeah. it's, he's just like excited to show up and, uh, to a yeah. friend. Like, hey, so I got, yeah. I got in, in the, he's a great guy. I got in his car and I drove in like, I think three times within like 10 minutes, people like whistling. Like all the things that you think, I felt like yeah. it was in a movie. Yeah. Right, right. Like it made me a celebrity. Right. Just having a cool, the ballet guys were so nice to me. Girls are, guys are like, yeah, dude. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. I've never, <laughs> it was yeah. bizarre. So I get, I can like make fun of someone, but this guy, my experience that is Vin Diesel, even though it's not, he didn't earn it. Yeah, yeah. I love that analogy. But that's exactly what, yeah. And I, I know plenty of people like that that you know they'll get the the event door or they'll get you know, whatever and and they'll drive around and and i remember i met this guy a long time ago and he took me to coachella we, we were like yo let's go so we f- drove in his lamborghini and the entire time people were screaming yelling like you know you get in that line to get there they're all freaking out right but the second he stepped out of the car nobody said anything <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean wow you know yeah. and then the, but they were doing it to me <laughs> like and he's like dude walking around with you is like driving in my car <laughs> i'm like well <laughs> That's why I'm, I drive a Prius, bro. That's <laughs> like, so funny. But it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, I didn't know that 
that's what kind of attention people. And so you got to get some kind of, if that's what you're looking for, getting a nice car like that is the move, you know? And you know what? I just don't look for that. Like, I don't, I don't need that kind of validation or that kind of, you know, like it's not for me personally. I'm, I'm an introvert, man. I'm good. I am my too, room, read but, a book. but then I being trying to be self-aware and analyze where my, where my, uh, comparison or judgment or critical criticism is coming from. And like, and I'm not being fair because I'm lucky that I'm a comedian and I'm able to get whatever that ego thing is out when I'm on stage. Yeah. And that's not why I do it, but I get that. Maybe that's something that's human nature. Maybe that's something that I secretly want. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I have no desire for that kind of attention anywhere else. And like, and like, that's my worst nightmare driving down the street. People are like, woo, woo, woo. Like, yeah, you're like but, I'm trying to fucking drive. But some people don't have, the, they're not actors and they're, producers or they can't create to get that through another way yeah. you know like some people can make make it's, a movie and then sit in the back of the crowd and watch the audience you yeah, know and, yeah, I, and i hear yeah. some filmmakers being pissed off about this netflix world now because they don't get to experience that you know and like yeah, anyways, yeah i don't know yeah. so because let the guy have dressed like it's, vin diesel and enjoy his life you know yeah, exactly yeah. and it, it's 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 kind of a personal it's individual with people right like there are some actors like I mean, I don't know this this JoJo girl. I've I've seen her. I know who she yeah. is. Yeah, um, I don't know either. But she's got to love attention if you're driving around in your character's vehicle, right? Yeah. Like, and that's and that's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But to, to the 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 opposite of it is, I saw this interview with Ben Affleck, and he's talking. He's like, I hate fame. He's like, it does nothing for me. You know. He's like, it happens to be important for my craft, and, I, and as an entertainer, well, you want got to marry to Jennifer see Lopez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's some perks <laughs> to it, right? And he said he's like, he, but he was saying something like, besides getting out of a couple speeding tickets, he's like, I don't want to be seen and like all this stuff. Like, I, he didn't want all that stuff, you know. But it is a byproduct of a career path that you happen to be very successful at, you know. Twice he got the <laughs> <laughs> still on the yeah, no, but it but it is that you know it's it's for it's different for each individual, right? Like, like acting for me is not so that I can have all these people um, come and say you know whatever they're not whistling at me down the street driving a nice car. That's not what it is for me. For me, I love art. Yeah, uh, I love storytelling. That's I love, beautiful. Yeah, and as a child, those were my escapes, and I want to give that back to people as an adult. You know, yeah, so, amazing, and that's why I'm doing it. But. You know, not everyone's like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Some people just love so extroverts, love the attention, man. And I'm like, dude, I respect the hell out of that. It's just not for me. It drives drive me crazy. Well, think about it, too. She could be sitting there like, that's a business decision, right? Like, that's branding for me. Yeah. Right? Where maybe it's like, it's more about a marketing choice, essentially, versus like the attention. I don't know. And she's from like Maybe one like, option, but she's from like this YouTube generation yes. uh, where like being famous and it is, she's marketing herself and like, yeah. but I don't, I mean, I just think we're getting murdered all the time, you know? Dude. So I'm just like, <laughs> even like artists who have like their face on the side of the tour bus. I'm like, you're a maniac. Why would you do that? Just be a, right. just be a random ass bus. Why do you need your face all over it? Like, yeah, but it is like Will saying, I think too, I think it's, it's both factors, right? You know, it's, if that gets more tickets sold and, and that keeps boosting your career and keeps, you have longevity in the space, you know, it's, it's competitive space right like it's a mix of of both right there you got the the version of privacy or, or go all out and kind of i just want to get murdered that's yeah i don't care i mean i don't know if anybody really wants to get murdered some people want to get i mean look online there's some weird yeah. stuff out there you know people, yeah some people are into that you know whatever teach their own you know yeah. what uh Let's let's tell everyone where they can find you and and what links to put yeah, in the description and, and what do you got coming up? Uh, VinDiesel.com is my website. <laughs> uh, 
taylorwilliamson.com is my website i have my tour dates on there i'm going to all over america where am i going going to tempe arizona i'm going to san jose um tempe is a college town i love tempe Tempe, yeah yeah. (laughs) you like college towns uh they uh uh they got i'm going to washington dc area washington state seattle tacoma uh san diego where i'm from taylorwilliamson.com at taylor comedy on social media and my comedy special on youtube look up taylor williamson live at the comedy store please and share with your friends and if you like it leave a comment mean the world to me and uh um less introspective conversation thought less thoughtful introspective conversation and my special more just silly goofy jokes you know but uh but it's important to have thoughtful introspective conversations as well you know i agree yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed the time with you today. I really I think I'm. Um, thanks for having me. I, what do you? What do you? Th- what do you think? How do you think it went? It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> like a scale from like yeah. like. I one still to don't ten. think ten. you like me, but I think this this is. Do you great. think I don't like you? I like you. Do, do you think I don't like you? You, you like guys, me? you guys made up. I thought. I, know, I thought I, it was I've good. never not liked him. <laughs> wait, I, uh, wait, I forgot. I hated you at the beginning yeah, for you some hated reason. Me. Wait, yeah. why did I hate? You? I like you so much. I I overdid your your plane story. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I did the place. I forgot. I, I'm sorry, my travel day sucked more than your travel day. <laughs> no, your travel day was way worse than yeah. mine, bro. That's all right. I was just freezing in Jackson Hole, and then I got stuck in Long Beach. You're all good, bro. I had a great time. Oh, God, I feel terrible. I hope no, you, no. I do. I care for you now. Thank you, bro. But I, 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 I hate that you felt that I didn't like you for a while. I, I, did, I didn't cap up the... I am going to lose sleep tonight over it. No, I tell I'm, you. no you, now I'm going to lose sleep. I love your dog. I love Dude. you. You're okay. Um, I'm dying right I just, now. I'm impressed that you have no dog hair on this shirt. That's just that's uh, what's most Oh, impressive. yeah. She's hypoallergenic and doesn't shed. She's good. Yeah. Listen, and most importantly, please follow my dog on social media at Betty the Puppy Doggy on Instagram. It's all links will be Chihuahua. in description. <laughs> yeah, that's the most. Forget my special or my career. Just follow my dog. I'm at the. I'm honestly at the point where, I've, when you hit like I think like 35, you guys have a few years. Like that's when you go. You know what? My dreams are great, but if like my child could live my dreams instead of mine, I will be okay with that. Right. Mm. So if if you literally if you told me like your dog will make three million dollars a year. And you'll never do anything. I would sign up for that right now. Oh, hundred percent. Because I would run Penny's bank account. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but thanks for having me, guys. Dude, thanks for coming on. Oh, man. dude. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Studio Twenty Two. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm chronicles my six decades in professional basketball from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.